Are you looking for a trusted property insurance partner to help your business grow and stay resilient? FM Global uses science, data, and research to help you make informed decisions. By working together, FM Global can help you grow your company with confidence and deliver the protection and expertise you need to thrive. We're also here to help you navigate the complex world of ESG. We'll work with you to identify and mitigate risks related to natural disasters and offer solutions that contribute to a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Well, hello, everybody. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin once again. I love being on the radio. I love being here with my friends. I have... Uh, <laughs> Let's see how he does it this time. Here we go. Here I we go. I have Monique Davis, yes. Michelle Betts, and Donna Hetzler hey, with me today. Hey, look at that. Thank you Dude, that was here. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep getting messed up with Monique. It's I don't know. I because just can't I say think her. you you think about my first name, but you can't pronounce it. So then I think what is it again? Leonitra. Leonitra. And I am the only person named that in the world. In the world, it sounds, really? It sounds Greek. I researched it, and I so then I um I trademarked it. Nice, because I'm the only one. Are you through? It sounds like a Greek oh, wow. goddess. A Greek yeah. goddess. It does kind of sound, it like does kind of sound a little bit Greek. Yeah, because they've they've got Dimitri and yeah. So right. my my grandfather's name was Lee. My aunt's name is Leanne, and she named me. So I'm like, why didn't you just name me Leanne? And she was like, because you needed something with an umph. When I looked at you when you were a baby, I'm like, she needs something with an umph. I'm like, um, <laughs> thank it's you. It's got umph. It does. I think it has umph. I want to get you like a toga and, you know, some gold headband <laughs> or something. Goddess of the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because I've always seen it on your email and I was always trying to figure out, okay, so is that a common a combination of Andre and one of Monique's names? Is there like some combo they put together and I don't know. Right. That's my first name. And I I I love well, I like clothes. And so I my dream is one day I want to do a clothing line. And so I'm like I need to protect that because maybe I'll just call my clothing line Leonitra. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's really like fancy it. sounding. It's yeah, nice, it is. Nice to it. And you, too, can be like a goddess <laughs> if you buy my line. <laughs> you should call your hairline the Leonitra line. Yeah. Leonitra. Step in and... Leonitra bundles. <laughs> <laughs> That was really good, Michelle. Very <laughs> sultry. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a cologne commercial. You too can be a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we are all having a good time. <laughs> this is great. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, yesterday we had uh, a clip about the Dog Tag Bakery and uh, about how we, you know, we appreciate how we kind of appreciate as a society as a whole we appreciate our veterans a little bit more i remember growing up my mom always pointed out to me vietnam vets from you know her generation they were treated very very poorly when they came back and it was the first time that that had happened really i mean we kind of it kind of happened to the korean 
to Korean War guys too. But then before that was World War II, and where you came back a hero from World War II. Right. And then after that, it was like suddenly you're being called a baby killer, and you're being called all those things, and you know everyone remembers that that image of the guy with the beard and the bandana and, and you know, homeless guys. And because they were soldiers, they had to go through all this stuff. But um, I like that we live in a time when we appreciate our vets a little bit more. Me too. And, um, and I like sharing these really great stories like the Dog Tag Bakery. The one today is even cooler, I think, just because it's about getting people, it's about getting these vets back out there and, and, and they get to do something that they're very you know, good at that they were trained to do that a lot of them haven't done for a very long time. But this is about getting particularly POWs that were shot down during Vietnam mm. back into military airplanes so that they can fly again. The whole mission behind this program is so that these guys who were pilots, their last flight wasn't shut down. So they get to fly again and land safely. And it's not this whole I don't know. They don't have to hang on to this whole thing. Right. So, it sounds therapeutic, too. Plus, like it would do a lot more than. How cool it would be to fly a F-15 or yes. whatever, right? Like, that would <laughs> right. be so fun. So, yeah, let's listen to this clip, and then we'll uh, see what we have to say about it. At first, Tony Marshall and Jack Trimble look like any other pilots, refreshing their skills at Randolph Air Force Base in San Antonio. Turn it to the wind. Maybe just a bit more senior. In the waning days of war in Vietnam, they ended up as two of the last flyers to be shot down. Now, the two former weapons systems officers will soar once again, thanks to the Air Force's Freedom Flyer program, which ensures the flights that ended in their capture will not be their last. Over the last 44 years, the 560th Flying Training Squadron has returned almost 200 former POWs to the skies. Marshall has vivid memories of the moments after he was cornered somewhere in the Vietnamese jungle. I was totally angry because if they shot me, nobody would know what had happened. They wouldn't know that I'd survived. And survived both did, fortunate to only be imprisoned for just under a year. To spend even a few moments with these men remains a lesson in resilience and perspective. Lieutenant Colonel Gene Smith spent five and a half years behind bars. How often do you think about those dark days? Every day, when I brush my teeth, I think about it. Because I have a toothbrush and a tube of toothpaste that I can use as much of as I want to. Lieutenant Colonel Charlie Huff marvels at the fortitude of the heroes with whom he served. You can't imagine being tortured for five, six, seven years, and you'd think they'll never be normal, but they were. Every generation of a warrior learned from the last generation of warriors. They say we stand on each other's shoulders. And these warriors now have new memories. Tried an eight-point roll. Worked out pretty well. Did it all come back? Oh, no, I, I need about another 100 hours, and I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> a final flight filled with joy. Wow, it really brings perspective, you mm -hmm. know, thinking about, hey, I'm just grateful to be able to brush my teeth and, you know, have as much toothpaste as I want. That's, right. I, I can't even fathom, you know, yeah. being without like that and being tortured. Mm -hmm. But I love the program, how they are yeah, getting them getting to get back out there and, you know, uh, go over those fears that, you know, that right. that's how they had left their career was on a bad note and they're trying to get them back in. Right. I 
I fully support all you know any programs that they have that can help people get back on get them get them back on their feet because it's just one of those things you can't leave people to their own devices once they've come out of a traumatic situation it's just not going to work yeah, like that right. you know and i feel like there's other people who've worked their way through it before and why continually reinvent the wheel with everybody being here silent and they're lo- alone in the corner trying to figure it out on their own you know what i mean any kind of support they can get is just is, is necessary yeah. And we're starting to see more and more programs come up because there is such a need. I think we did a, a report and I don't remember the numbers, but there were so many veterans dying of suicide mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they just carry so much. Um, our freedom is not free. Uh, it comes with a huge price. And our soldiers, men and women, have paid that price for us. And then they come back, they re-enter into the world, and then they live it, you know, the the aftermath of serving mm-hmm. and, and what that looks like. And so, yeah, it really put it into perspective for me to think about, man, all the things that I have in excess or, you know, hey, I'm getting a little low on my hairspray. I better go get an extra bottle, you know, and here's mm-hmm. this, you know, this guy going, Wow, I I couldn't even brush my teeth, and I was getting, you know, tortured. Right. Holy Toledo. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Yeah, so it's neat to see them, you know, come full circle. And then Mm -hmm. to get back on that plane, you know, it's um, I had broke my radius bone completely off the wrist bone, so I've got this beautiful scar on my right arm, and I've got this bump, too, because I started doing too much afterwards, the muscle tore. But I've got a plate and four screws, and so one of the things my husband told me, well, I'll have to tell you, I was doing this big old um, motorcycle jump on a dirt bike. I was doing the dead man, and, you know, I had my feet on the handlebars, and I was leaning backwards, and I missed my jump. Oh, my goodness. Michelle shaking her head. It's no. really not like that, but I like to tell a good story. <laughs> well, were we talking recently about, you know, still believing that we were kids, and we could still do everything? Yeah. There, she, there goes Donna. I always go with this big story. I was actually just being an idiot and I didn't realize there's a big gully there and I decided to gas it and I didn't tuck and roll and so anyways but I like to start with the dead man story like I'm doing the dead man right on this cool chick right but the first thing my husband did was all right you need to get back on a motorcycle right away so um you know after being in a cast for six weeks and you know recovering from the surgery you know you're kind of weak and stuff and he's like you need to get back on a motorcycle he's like even if I need to get you um you know, a left-handed throttle, whatever it takes, you know, because you don't have the strength in here, you're getting back on. And I was like, <gasps> motorcycles hurt. The dirt is really, really hard. And yeah. yeah, my arm does not, you know, like this. It's sore. So, but I did. I got back on a motorcycle right away. We went snowmobiling uh, right after that. And I think there is um, a, a huge psychological um, thing that happens when you just get back to it and you don't let that fear get bigger and bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, similar with this story, you know, they, yes. they make them get back on there and do their eight point rolls and, you know, get back into it. So that's cool. That's right. It's really cool. And, and, um, I mean, not only that, but it's just the way that we do get to appreciate these guys who sacrificed so much and did so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the stories about POW camps, it just makes me uncomfortable. You know, just, I saw the deer hunter. And so I know, right. I know <laughs> I mean, just watching that movie gives me trauma. Like I couldn't even imagine some of the things that those guys went through and <clears throat> how difficult it was for all them. So uh, it's nice that we have all these, pro- these things now where we get to appreciate them and get to watch what they do and see how they grow and see all the contributions they get to make. Yeah, it's neat to come alongside those who have served and sacrificed their freedoms and their families and stuff for us right. and then be able to support them with these wonderful um, different causes that are popping up. Yes, exactly. It's interesting because 
I think, you know, we, we people talk about veterans and they talk about military service and they talk about war and stuff. And, you know, when you just hear the word or see it in print, it really doesn't like completely bring about like the whole, the 3D like gravity of what it is, what it is that actually goes on yes. there, you know? And so when we talk about these stories, um, I, I feel like I, I go back and look at the, the people that I know who've served in the military and you look at them in a completely different light. Right. Because you just, I mean, think of all, like all the things that they had to do day in and day out um, to serve their country. It's pretty profound. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And, and we all have so many stories of different friends or people that we ran into, you know, Beatrice, our dear friend who was a drill sergeant in the army. And I'm still working, B, if you're listening, I'm still working on my one arm push up for you. So when she asked me to drop and give 20, one of these days I'm going to impress her. <laughs> See, again, if you're listening, don't ever ask me. I am not doing <laughs> Me either. Yeah. Me to be because I can't even do two arm push ups. So. Well, I really can't either without being on my knees, but you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm like, one of these days, I, I, she's going to be like, darn girl, you mm. did it. Every you time know? you talk about the one arm push up, I always think of Jack Palance doing yeah. one arm push ups on the Tonight Show. And That's right. When he was like 70 years old it's it's not easy to do that <laughs> stuff and Beatrice uh, expects a lot out of us so she does yeah and mm -hmm. it's some of the women conferences that she's been at and you know been keynote speaker I mean sometimes she comes in her whole army get up and whatever and I'm sitting in the front row and she'll come up to me before uh, and she's like I need you to be a prayer partner yes ma'am I'll do whatever <laughs> you want just don't make me do push-ups in front of these people <laughs> oh, but she's fun that reminds me of my my um my dad he's always in that army mode and he's always like Eddie soldier and I'm like okay yeah right <laughs> but my, civilian. my dad was an army ranger so he is like he he's always prepared for war mm. say that so he lives in Florida so open carry state so he is Locked and loaded all the time. <laughs> don't, don't test him. I'm like, where are you going with five guns on you? He's like, you never know. I'm like, he is crazy. <laughs> well, you know, I do a lot of tactical training, and I have such a respect for our military folks who have trained, um, especially, you know, those who are do sharpshooting and all this stuff, or even just walking with a rifle and shooting and being accurate. So we do these training uh, drills and stuff with uh, actually guys who've been served in our uh, military and what have you so we'll set up these stages you know and the, this my friend zane will be like all right donna you know so we'll have our rifles and our handguns on us and all this you just walked into taco bell and grandma's being held at gunpoint you know and go and then he starts yelling and screaming at you and all this stuff and you've got to figure out what to do but um you know just being on that yellow alert i can't imagine like being in that scenario and they say you're as 50 percent good as you are on your best day at the range when you're in a situation like that because mm -hmm. adrenaline and all right. this stuff you know wow. so um and then to come back after serving and then to to probably have all of that like your brain probably feels like 
yeah, all that screaming and things and the bombs and, you know, gunshots. And I, I can't, I can't even fathom, mm -hmm. you know, what goes on in the mind. But yeah, so here I am, you know, I've got to work out my arms better because when I am walking, you know, with a rifle and trying to shoot at my target and what have you, I'm like, oh, oh, my shoulders aren't as strong as they used to yeah. be. And, yeah, I took, I took my middle child to, um, uh, to, uh, the police department in Lone Tree with a, a, a friend of mine, uh, works there and we she got to try on all like the dummy gears whatever so she had it for riots so she had the chest plate did she like that she loved it so sienna has been very interested in law enforcement her entire life yeah she's 11. <laughs> <laughs> and she watched a lot of csi so she really is interested in the spe special victims unit and right. that's where my friend worked so i was like oh my gosh this is this could not be more amazing but she tried on the uh, all the riot gear which was the helmet and then she had the chest plate that thing is really, really heavy, like the bulletproof vest. Mm -hmm. and, and then she held like the dummy rifle that they, they use for training. Um, and it was all so heavy. And I'm imagining that with the boots and all these other little um, things that they've got on them all the time. They must be really heavy. Right. I mean, I'm imagining, like my dad said in the military when he was doing basic training, everyone would get shin splints. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining there's a lot of shin splints and knee things and shoulder tightness and all that going on carrying all that heavy stuff yeah and, and yeah and they have to run and take um mm -hmm. hikes 20 mile hikes and, and those heavy boots and with all the gear on and like one of um our older cousins now he served in the military and he has to have back surgery oh now wow because carrying all that stuff and running and going on the hikes training and they mm -hmm. have to train with all that on. Right. So it, it's a lot on their bodies. The good news is they probably won't be doing that one arm push up just based on my tactical <laughs> skills of my shoulders are shaking. Probably not going to do that one arm push up. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. Just keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do the, they've got a military push, push up. Have you heard of that one? No. It's like where your hands are. Oh, you're really you're tucked, tucked in the to side. side. Yes. Yes. I can't do that. Uh -huh. I couldn't even do that in college when I was like the most in shape I've ever been. I couldn't, I can't, my, no, I don't have that kind of strength. Well, both <laughs> of you ladies are so athletic. So I think it's hysterical because I am Smitty's kid. I'm totally uncoordinated and not athletic, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can do a plank. You can do a plank? Oh, I nice. Plank, plank. But not a push-up. I, I can do push-ups. I can work my way up. But those military push-ups, no. And then the one hand, I would not even try. Like in, in college, I could never do uh, dips or pull-ups or anything like that. I can do the dips with a machine. But like with your own body weight, you couldn't do it. Never. Wow. And then I had these women next to me that were like tanks. They're all <laughs> like future Olympians. And, you know, they're just doing them until you say stop. And I'm like, oh, I can't even do one. Like how? <laughs> uh, well, I planking is harder than it looks, though. Which what is Pl Planking which, is harder than it looks. Pl I, planking, you know what? I don't think it's so hard just to do it, you know, to be there for a little bit. But. I mean, I was at Orange Theory for a couple years, and and uh, they one time had this competition where they tried to see who could do it the longest. And this girl did it for eight minutes. I'm like, I don't see that's how insane. that's possible. That is I can insane. do like 45 seconds, but eight minutes. I think it's all mental. Yes. It's, it's yeah. planking and the wall squats, it's all mental. Mm -hmm. So if I take myself to a different place in my mind, I can do it. But time I like instantly I'll fall once I'm, uh, I start thinking about something else. Yeah. I, I'll fall. 
So. That's too much for me. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you all for being here. Uh, we, we do really appreciate uh, what our military and our veterans have done for our country here at The Good News. And I appreciate you all being here with me today. Thank you very much, ladies. It's always thank fun you with you. Us. Thank you. And this is great. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. There is so much fun stuff to do at the YMCA of the Rockies this summer, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, we are celebrating our first summer at the Spruce Saddle Adventure Park, featuring a zip line, rock climbing, slack lines, and a pendulum swing. All part of a unique playground designed to ignite the spirit of even the youngest adventurers. The Spruce Saddle Adventure Park is located right next to our famous summer tube hill and our world-class dog park. YMCA has made Snow Mountain Ranch the place where the entire family can adventure together. YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to snowmountainranch.org. Fill your summer with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Book your stay at snowmountainranch.org today. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Well, hello, hello. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie today, and I've got a very awesome interview with our good friend that we met through Lee Schaefer, is how uh, Angie introduced me and Andy Garcia together. I have Donna Hetzler and Michelle Betts here, and we're going to have a really great conversation. Uh, Andy Garcia has had a very interesting life. Uh, he has ups and downs, and but everything has had everything that he's gone through has pointed him to the direction that where he is today where he gets to use his music his beautiful music to minister to people and to share the love of god with everybody and it's really just a real good 
a pleasure to have you in here today, thank Andy. Thanks so for much. being here. No, it's an honor for sure. I'm so excited to be with you guys. So thank you. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself that maybe I'm not going to be able to tell uh, tell the listeners, and uh, and then we can kind of go into your recent event at the Broomfield Center, and then we'll talk about how that went. Absolutely. You know, I uh, I grew up uh, in Dallas, Texas, and uh, in a pretty you know uh, bad neighborhood at the time, and um, uh, it was Oak Cliff, and. Um, God just, you know, it was crazy. I mean, you would see guys shoot from uh, across the street to each other, you know. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what's going on here, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, growing up in the hood is a little tricky. Never had a dad. And uh, my mom was um, the only working parent in the house. And, you know, I had a lot of cousins, some Mexicans. So a lot of cousins, you know, it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of family. You know? <laughs> I love my nice, family. Nice, nice having a lot amazing. of family. I'm Italian too, so yeah, that we're so very similar, right? We yeah, all it's all about family. And, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, uh, with that, with cousins and family, uh, it wasn't really my friends that I, I hung out with that got me in trouble. It was more of my cousins because they were all in the in gangs and things of that nature. I mean, they they were pretty associated and and close with them. And and not having a dad, you find some uh, insecurities that you you have to face, you know. And uh, um, which is kind of hard, but yet at the same time you realize that uh, God is your daddy, and mm -hmm. and you realize that. Uh, no matter what you go through, no matter where you've been, he, you could always overcome if you just believe and understand who your fa true father is. And so, when did you di like kind of discover that though? Was it pretty young? Like, I don't have a father, but God is my daddy. I mean, it's a beautiful statement, especially coming from a big manly man like you. You know, it's just so endearing to hear that. But then, you know, kind of at what age? Did you experience that? You know, it's crazy because my grandpa was a tile setter for about 60 years. And my and my uncle, uh, they used to travel with the Galileans. And so it was an old Southern Gospel group that traveled with old, like, the Imperials and things like that. And so what I, what I, what I realized when I got older, um, I saw Jesus through them, even though I didn't understand uh, what I was seeing. And mm -hmm. so I, I would look at them as um, kind of more like a father figure in my life, especially my uncle Frank. He would take me fishing and things like that. And then all of a sudden I saw a split from my aunt and and, and him. And I was like, oh, man, it kind of hurt my heart because I, I kept seeing those bondages and those hurts over and over again. But it was more like when I was probably more like in middle school okay. uh, that I really, you know, seventh grade, sixth grade, right in that area that I really realized I got saved when I was about 13 years old, 14 years old, right in that area. And, and when I got saved, that's kind of when all these things started playing in my head, even though I dealt with anger and frustration and, you know, I, I dealt with insecurities, like people were like, um, you know, just trusting people, and 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 I was kind of like a mama's boy. You know, it's it's weird, right? Yeah, you know, seriously, your, yeah, I don't see that awesome. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was a mama's boy, and 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 my wife, my my mom, she always worked all the time, but yet I love people so much because I saw it through my grandfather who loved the Lord with all his heart. He actually, at one time, there was an accident where my mom was, was in 
critical conditions so bad that the news reported it at that time where half of her brain was uh, gone. So she actually has a metal plate in her brain because my, my grandfather was an alcoholic. And when this happened, uh, it, it just turned out that he was done. He, he couldn't believe what he did. And so he went to church one day. His friend invited him to church. And at the altar, the power of God hit him so much that when he repented that day, God just began to just heal his heart. He said that he had this burning sensation in his body. And the, and the, the liquor and all those things just literally left his body. And he, from that point on, he was so radically touched by God and so radically saved that he never touched a, an ounce of alcohol Never again in his wow, life. Wow, that's the transforming Amazing. power yeah, crazy mm-hmm. of God and just being touched like mm-hmm. that by and moved by God. Yeah, and away. and that's kind of how I learned. That's kind of how I learned from who God really is. I started seeing my grandpa and I started seeing my uncle. They loved they loved this man called Jesus. Well, then one day, I go to this Assembly of God church uh, uh, in 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 Desoto, Texas. And uh, a big old guy named Brian Bickerstaff, he, he was on the power team for the church, you know, at that time where they break bricks with their heads and right. plus water <laughs> bottles and all that stuff. Well, he, he, uh, he, he just comes up to me, kisses me on the forehead, and I say, who is this big old white dude kissing me on the head? <laughs> I grew up in the hood, and here's this guy kissing the Mexican on the head. And, you know, back in that day in the South, you know, you had this racial tension and stuff like that. Yeah. But to see this white dude that just looked so big and muscular – come up and give me a kiss I said man on my forehead I said man this guy right here loves Jesus to do Mm -hmm. that to me I said whoever that guy is and whatever heart he whatever he's doing I want to know and so uh, we started going to the project ministry with him and he invited me and right there I got saved in the projects uh, and, and I was just on the ministry trip with them, mm. and he turns to me and says, Andy, have you ever asked Jesus into your life? And I said, nah, man, and right there, we just did it right there, and it was cool, and ever since then, I, I quit smoking, I quit cussing, and it was like a, it's like coming like my grandfather, you know? Right. Now, I still had other issues, but at that point in time, my life changed for Jesus, you know, and so... I love that too, because you say I had other issues, like God meets us where we're at, Mm -hmm. you know, on the road of brokenness. And yeah, there was some life changing things, but you realized as you walk along with him, you're going to work on these things, but he met you where, right where you were at and transformed you right then and there and said, walk with me and we'll work on the rest of it as we go. So what I know music is a huge part of your ministry now. And how did that come to be? And what, where did your passion for music come from? And how did that, because it seems like there wasn't that much music going on in your life before. Yeah. You know, actually, I, 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 because my uncle was in the Galileans, um, you know, I saw him have these nice BMWs and all these things. And I got to go on a, a tour bus with them and, uh, I started seeing him, and I really looked up to him, and they really took me in as a, as a son. And um, uh, I got spanked by him, which is awesome, <laughs> uh, which some people are like, ah, don't spank anymore. But, hey, I'm glad I got spanked because I'm the man. Uh, I'm who I am today because of that. And I know it's sometimes hard for parents to understand that, but but I really appreciated that discipline in my life. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be who I am today. And, uh, but he really inspired me. All my cousins played, um, 
my cousin has actually uh, been on tour a, a lot of times. He he works in the sound. All my cousins, uh, my cousin Jeremy, he plays here around town with me. Uh, he plays drums. Um, all of them play an instrument. And I started seeing them up on stage, and I really became an intercessor first. And I didn't know what intercessor was called, intercessory prayer. I didn't know none of that stuff because, you know, in today's time, it was kind of crazy. But, you know, they look at that as, oh, man, that's weird. But, no, I, I, I actually enjoy praying. I mean, I love praying. I mean, that's where, I, that's where my roots are at. And so when – when I realized, I turned, I remember turning to the stage and in my heart, it just said, God, I want to do that. And I remember as a young boy, I used to look at the Grammys and I said, man, God, I just want to be on the Grammys one day. I didn't know God at the time, I, right. but in my heart, I just, I knew something was in, in there that said, I want to be there on that stage. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing my cousins. And then as I'm praying, that same thing happened to me there. And then a coincidence happened. My youth pastor, our youth pastor, he left and he came to Denver, Colorado. Well, on the way home, me and my cousin Bull were listening to uh, uh, Daryl Evans uh, back in the 90s. You know, right. he's still around. Uh, Daryl's still around today uh, doing some stuff. But but we were talk. Uh, I was singing and my cousin turns to me and goes, Andy, you can sing. I said, man, you are crazy. <laughs> I said, there's no way I can sing. And, uh, you know, and growing up in special ed, because of I ne never had a dad and all these things, um, it was hard for me uh, school-wise to do certain things. But growing up in uh, special ed, I was like, man, there is no way I can sing in front of people. But I remember I took the challenge just out of the blue. It was just something that just said, yeah, I'll do it, you know, if you're with me. And so that's what I told my cousin. I said, I'll do it if you're with me, man. He goes, dude, I'll be with you 100% all the way. And we just started practicing every day for weeks on end. And I remember the first time I ever started playing music was when I was in, uh, about 16 years old. And there was 40 of my peers. They were all laughing at me because I was forgetting the words. They had the words in back of me. And I just felt so dumb and so stupid at that time where I was like, God, you're going to have to guide me the rest of the way. And, and, and he has. And I know to this day that the only reason why I'm on that stage is because my daddy takes me on and off. And that's it. I don't, I, I mean, people say, man, you have a great voice, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is God takes me on and takes me off. And I know when it's time to go off, it's, it, that's it, you know, and I know when it's time to go on. And the anointing comes when it comes. And when, and when I'm off, I'm like, I really don't like singing. You know, my throat hurts. <laughs> it's like, ah. But inside my heart, I know that that's, this is what God's called me to do and, mm -hmm. and speak to people that were, are in the same or were in the same position. You know, at this event this past weekend, a guy comes up to me and says, man, I could totally relate not having a dad. And now he's an engineer, makes a lot of money doing all these things. And just sharing that testimony of, of not having a dad and uh, dealing with the issues that I've dealt with, with reading, with girls, with feeling insecure. I mean, only Jesus can set me free. And that's mm -hmm. what's happened.
Mm. So. so going from that spot to being signed with Dream Capital Records, like how did that come about? Because I love, I was writing your quote, like God puts me on and takes me off the stage. I love that humility too. And um, being called and know you're calling and when he's saying, yes, get in the limelight and okay, now it's time to retreat. So so how did it transpire to get you there? So I had a good friend of mine, uh, 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 Scotty Flint, and then uh, uh, Aaron Bag. Well, a good friend of mine, he, he uh, does expect hope uh, ministries, ministers to uh, kids and help kids all around the world. Um, he kind of, We were in a meeting one day and uh, we we're doing this thing called Hope Fest that happened in Centennial here in Denver uh, or at Centennial uh, uh, Park over here. And um, and we're in this meeting. My buddy Scotty just says, hey, man, I just got one thing, a favor to ask you. And he was talking to Aaron at the time. And and um, he goes, as long as you can hook Andy up with a, a record deal. you know." <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how it all happened. And I was like, what are you doing? Man? This about something totally different. It was crazy. And God just opened up the door. I mean, Dream's a great label to, to be uh, with. And uh, they have great hearts. They're golly guys that really want to see, um, you know, the presence of God come. And so it's really, really cool. Um, but that's kind of how that happened, uh, you know. So I'm just excited. Yeah, that is totally exciting. So we only got a few minutes left, about four minutes left. Why don't you tell us about that? I know you just were at Life of Valor last weekend. <clears throat> tell us about how that went. Uh, you, obviously, you were excited. That's a really big event every year. And then uh, tell us what's next for you. So, you know, I was just at Life of Valor, and I tell you what, those uh, uh, the men uh, that really need to be at those places were there. And it was the coolest thing. I mean... I know I needed to be there. Uh, there's uh, Life of Valor's with a bunch of Navy SEALs that God called them to do this. And, you know, everybody tries to compare to venues or, or events of, that, of the past. But really, Life of Valor is just an awesome event that um, a bunch of men got together. And here's these tough guys that are speaking at this event that have seen crazy things all over the world. I mean, one of them, I mean, I can't say certain stories, but, but there's a lot of things that has, uh, that these guys do teach. And it's just awesome to be around Navy SEAL guys that love Jesus, but that, you know, go and kill people at the same time. It's weird, right? <laughs> they love Jesus, but they have to, they have a job to do, That's you right. know, and, 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 and they wanted to see men rise up to be men. Um, and I think that there, there's a movement that men are trying to, to still find out who they were just like I am, you know, but yet at the same time, there's a bunch of men who do know who they are. And, and, and those guys are the guys that, need to teach other people there's a lot of mentoring that needs to be uh, uh, going on in our, our in our world today especially with man with man i mean if man knew who how much power that they do have i think our world could be a better place sometimes and i think sometimes we just don't know and we kind of we kind of fumble across uh, uh in life to try to figure this whole thing out called life but at the same time there's a bunch of people that are godly men who have figured it out and are living the godly lifestyle that need to teach boys and guys like me who didn't have parents mm -hmm. or didn't have a dad um, to to really be a man uh, after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and you spread that message, and I think it's so important. And 
um, Life of Valor is such a cool event. So yeah. um, I appreciate all that. that so uh, anything next? Do you have a other? You have a record coming out, or you got some? dates coming up anything like that where where can we find you things like that absolutely you can find me on andy garcia music uh, uh dot com uh or the andy garcia uh, uh official uh music dot com i think that's what my my son he's 16 years old just started a, a marketing company uh he graduated high school and just started uh, marketing for me so he's changing everything around but <laughs> yeah you could definitely find me at andy garcia music dot com on facebook we do have some stuff going on uh i just moved to nashville from denver been in uh, uh denver for about 20 years but i feel like god's calling us to do na- uh to move to nashville and we just did that over july 4th weekend so a lot of things are are coming up. I am playing at a couple of churches here in Denver, one at the Ascent Church. Uh, we're doing the Faith Night at um, uh, the Pepsi Center on October 26th, um, so we're, get, we're getting ready for that. Um, and that's about it for right now. There's a lot of other things in the works, but that's what's happening right now. Well, Thank that's you guys. so awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Your love fills the room. It does. It's, it's, so it's infectious, and your story's so great. And I think our listeners are really, uh, you know, remember this interview and i know i'm going to remember it and i i can't wait to tell angie about it and thanks for coming in and Thank everybody you. go to andy garcia music.com yes, to find out where you can see him maybe we'll even make a trip down to nashville i mean if you're going to make music come on that's where you want to yeah, be yeah let's go <laughs> right? that's Thank awesome. you for being in and, uh, and we'll be right back we're actually going to be talking to brian watson the that's the right treasurer candidate next so thank you all and stick around awesome. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does uh, ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. The ARC special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love ARC. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin. I've got a very special, I'm honored to have this interview today. I have um, Colorado candidate for treasurer, Brian Watson, very good dear friend of the show and Angie personally. Thank you so much for being here, Brian. Well, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. And uh, we know recently you just had a really big victory, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what, what's going on with you? Yeah, we definitely did, and we're blessed and fortunate for it. So I've been campaigning since last October, and we started with 10 candidates running for state treasurer of Colorado, and we had a, a pretty contested primary, and I was fortunate in winning that primary recently. And so now we're down to myself and one other candidate going into the general election in November. 
That's awesome. Congratulations. And how can we help you to spread the word? And what, what is it that's going to set you apart from the other candidates so that we can make sure that we can get you elected? You bet. Well, first and foremost, I'm grateful for that. You know, I've made a commitment that uh, we want to contribute in a positive way to the state treasurer's office. Uh, one of my campaign pledges is not to take a salary from the government when elected to try to do my part to reduce the cost and burden of government. And so everybody has a sphere of influence, and we love meeting people from all political affiliations and persuasions. And so if there, anyone wants us to reach out and meet with a group of people uh, on a one-on-one basis or to share our positive message, we'd be happy to do so. People can learn more at brianwatson.vote. Uh, there's a lot on the stake uh, on the line here for this particular election and we just be grateful for any volunteers and support people want to contribute that's awesome well, what a positive and great message and so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what brought you to want to do this in the first place yeah, so I grew up from very humble means on the western slope of Colorado, little town of Olathe. And so a lot of the western slope, you know, appreciation of grit, stewardship, and hard work are in my blood. I went to school up in Boulder and founded my companies in Denver over 18 years ago. And so my focus, which I've been interviewed on the show for before, is really going out and buying vacant buildings to create jobs and opportunities and entire Americans uh, all across the country. And so I've been fortunate in building that company to where we own over a billion three of assets in 16 states across America. And I want to bring all of that business and investment experience to the state treasurer's office to make a positive difference. Because again, a lot of these issues, there's a lot on the line. Hey, Brian, this is Donna Hetzler. And, you know, one of the things that I really like is um, that you approach every relationship and negotiation with an attitude of how can I help benefit this person? And I love that. So can you give me some success story with, you know, maybe buying these vacant buildings or a story that really touched your heart? Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. So if you look at my career, the whole history has been about building bridges and tearing down barriers among people. And as I said, I truly love people in all walks of life and trying to figure out how we can go out and make a positive difference together. I'll give you a couple of quick examples. You know, a little over a year ago, I started a community barbecue because I was tired of others tearing us apart by our race or religion or where we live or where we don't live. And so we show up once a month in different communities all across Denver, and we have a barbecue, a meal together, and just to get to know people on a one-on-one basis. And so just wonderful stories have come from that, and people can go online and see that at denvercommunitybarbecue.com. And anyone is welcome to attend, and if there's anyone who wants us to show up in a neighborhood, let us know. And we can do so. In terms of uh, buying a vacant building, I'll give you an example. Uh, recently, I bought a, a little few months ago, bought a building in Gary, Indiana. And this particular area in Gary, Indiana has a 30% unemployment rate. And we went in and bought this vacant former school building. And we eventually found another school and church to come in and to occupy the building. But the gentleman that we got to hire to do the maintenance at the property actually went to school at the building when he was a kid. And he had been unemployed for almost a decade. And last Christmas when we came in and we bought the building and we needed someone to do work on it, we hired him. 
And literally, we got a communication from his daughter that said, you gave my father the best Christmas present he could have asked for. And he was literally in tears because now he can go back to work and get a job at this building and help out. And so it's, it's personal human stories like that uh, that really get us excited to try to make a positive difference in the world. I love that story. Yeah. What a positive message. That's one thing I really like about talking to you and knowing that your how your campaign is going is that it's always this positive direction in the way that you go and you want to help so many people. And we really appreciate that here at The Good News. And hey, Brian, why don't you tell us about how people can find you one more time and then everyone, please go vote. Yeah, well, definitely vote. Uh, that's one of the big things as Americans we have to do. So you can learn more at brianwatson.vote. And as I said, there's plenty of opportunities uh, to volunteer, to donate, to get involved. And again, I promise to work hard every single day and to always remain positive about it uh, because we want to do the best job we can for the people of Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the Thanks, show, Brian. Brian. We Thank really you. appreciate Thank you being you. here. Thank you. Good luck this November. Everyone, day. get out there and vote for Brian Watson. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.